Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students, and I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker podcast. Today is April 9th. I'm recording this in the height of the corona pandemic. It's been, I don't know, 20-something days. I've kind of lost track. So if you're home listening to this, I hope you're safe. I hope you're healthy. I know for me, it's been a challenge. I just literally got back from being tested myself. It was very an emotional test. You know, I drove up to a parking lot and there were people with a barricade with masks on and just was something out of a movie. You know, I had to keep my window rolled up and I had my driver's license on my dashboard. And it was just, you know, they were showing me signs, you know, roll down your window, tilt your head back. And then they proceeded to stick a 12 inch Q-tip up my nose for about 15 seconds. So, you know, if I sound a little weird, that's probably why my throat has been, I've had a tickle in the back of my throat ever since. But it was emotional. I actually got emotional, you know, because I can't believe what's going on in this world right now. And I, you know, I've been affected by the virus personally. You know, I have my 18 year old niece that came to visit me a month ago. She goes to Arizona State and she was here for spring break and she wasn't feeling well. We had to take her to urgent care and then she still was having some breathing issues. So we took her to the emergency room. Long story short, she's been in quarantine. She was not tested because they didn't have tests for her when she went to the hospital. So we've had a quarantine for the past almost a month in my son's room. About three days ago, I kind of got hit pretty hard. I just came out of left field. I started feeling body aches and chills and my throat was kind of acting up in my stomach and it just, I I haven't been feeling right. So just at a safety for my wife and my son, you know, I had a virtual doctor's appointment and I went to go get tested. So I just pray that you're safe and you're healthy. And we're going through a rough time right now, but I truly believe that, you know, everything happens for us, not against us. And I truly believe that we have to look for the miracles. And I've seen a lot of miracles in the past few weeks. You know, I believe that the universe is telling us to slow down and to be love and share ourselves with our family and our friends and do all the things that we didn't have time to do. And, you know, for me, I know There's a lot of stuff that I had on a back burner, like making a podcast, and the universe gave me some time right now to do this. So I'm putting my podcast out there for you. I don't know who you are, but I believe that you'll find the right people will find this podcast. I truly believe that right now during this pandemic, this is the time for actors to really kind of work on their craft. This is a time to get strong. This is not a time to lay down This and binge watch Netflix. This is a time for you to be working on your crafts. You know, I've seen some amazing things happen during this few weeks. You know, I took my classes. You know, I, my classes were literally book solid. 
I had a waiting list to study with me. You know, my stage was packed. I actually used the gym next door to do my warm-ups because there were so many actors. And now it's ghost town. And I've had to transition into virtual classes and I'm really enjoying it. I think the virtual class is the wave of the future. You know, I've been blessed. I have my Manhattan Actors Studio, a school that I opened up six years ago in Manhattan Beach. And, you know, it's doing extremely well here in the South Bay. But, you know, I feel like I'm touching people's lives, but in a limited space. I'm here in the South Bay. And there are people all over the world that are aspiring actors that have a dream and they don't know how to get started and they don't know what to do. And, you know, I believe success leaves clues and I've been blessed and I've been a working actor for 35 years. And I feel that I have a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge. You know, I create working actors on a daily basis. You know, every day some actor knocks on my door with a dream, doesn't know how to get started. And I help make that dream a reality. So just to give you a little background on who I am, I'm a kid who grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I was born November 7, 1966 to a fragile 20-year-old who had a total of three kids. I was a third kid and, you know, she was an amazing mother. She had it rough. You know, she was in an abusive relationship. When I came into the world, she was truly not capable of really kind of taking care of me. She was kind of dealing with her own stuff. And, you know, my childhood was, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened along the way. You know, if there was a checklist of everything that could possibly go wrong to a child, I check all the boxes. And I look back on those days and everything that's happened. You know, we were poor, you know, I mean, we lived in a the one bedroom tenement building in Brooklyn, New York. There was the four of us. You know, if there was one egg, we'd split it. When there was no hot water, my mother would boil water to give us a bath. When there was no heat, she would open the oven door to give us some heat. You know, she did the best she could with what she had. But it was a tough childhood. You know, as a kid, I remember having to, you know, climb over the junkies nodding out in the hallways to get to school. It was, you know, it was a dangerous place. You know, I mean, there were gangs on every corner. You know, we had the Maceteros, the dirty ones, the assassinators. I mean, these are street gangs that would walk down the street and, you know, with their golf clubs and their baseball bats and their chains and flying colors and there'd be stabbings and shootings and, you know, all that good stuff. I mean, that's just part of growing up, up in Brooklyn, especially when I grew up there in the 70s. The New York City was Dodge City. I mean, the Bronx was literally burning down. There was graffiti-covered walls. The city was bankrupt. It was a tough, tough neighborhood. But, you know, I'm, I feel blessed, you know, growing up where I grew up. It made me the man I am. And everything that happened to me happened for me. You know, I used to think it happened against me. But now as I get old, I realize what a blessing it was and what a gift it was. I had to go through everything that I went through to be the teacher that I am, the father that I am, the husband that I am. So just a little background. I remember... I must have been about eight or nine when I, I was called hyperactive and I, literally I was bouncing off the walls. And I remember being in, I think it was kindergarten, where the teachers would take me out of the classroom and have me go into other classrooms to perform. And I remember I used to do, uh, I had in my little act, I'd do some pantomime. I played Ricky Ricardo because I used to love watching I Love Lucy. And, you know, I literally went from classroom to classroom and put on a performance. And I remember I was cast in a school play and I was cast to play Elvis Presley. It was about 
rock and roll. It was music throughout the ages. So in the beginning, I played a caveman, and then I was cast to play Elvis Presley. And I was a big fan of Elvis, and you know, I had all his moves down, and I you know, created my own guitar out of wood with rubber band strings. And I remember the teachers had all of the students in their classrooms write fan mail to their favorite actor, favorite character in the play. And I remember I got shoeboxes full of fan mail. And that was the first time I was acknowledged for my acting. And, you know, shortly after that, I was, you know, I remember I was coming home from the park in Brooklyn and I walked down my block and there were all these trucks and cameras and there was this whole commotion going on on my block. And I ran down the street and I ran up to Mogana King, who played Marlon Brando's wife in The Godfather. And I said, what's going on here? And she said, we're making a movie. And I said, oh, how do you get into the movie? I want to be in the movie. So she showed me a picture and a resume and I ran home and I, I took a Polaroid picture of myself and I wrote some shit down on a piece of loose leaf paper. You know, I had some credits, you know, I played Elvis, I played my a caveman and, and I, you know, I ran down, I gave it to her and, and she got a kick out of it and she laughed and she gave it to the director and the director said, uh, go home, kid, we want to stick you in a movie. So I ran home, mom, 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 they're going to stick me in a movie. You know, my mother was like, you know, you stay in the house, you know what kind of movie they're making down there. And I ran down the street and then I grabbed the casting director and I, the director, I said, my mother doesn't believe you. You're going to have to, you know, so I dragged him to my front door and he said, hi, uh, you know, we're Universal Pictures. We'd like to stick your son in this movie. You know, we need some extras for the streets, you know, playing stickball and kids in Brooklyn. And we're going to pay him. My mother said, you're going to pay him? Take him. So that was my first acting job. And I remember I was just background, but I showed up to the set and there was a young actor. His name was Glenn Scarpelli and he had a lead role in the film. And we looked just like twins. But the day I showed up to set, he wasn't there. So everybody thought I was him. And they gave me the star treatment. They gave me a chair. They powdered my nose. They craft services, you name it. I got the full on star treatment. I didn't let him know that I wasn't him. I played along. And that's truly when I got bit by the bug. You know, I remember being on the set and just knowing this is what I wanted to do. You know, and I only had a you know a couple of days work on the film, but I was you know they set up a base camp on my block. They had a bungalow and they built sets there. So you know, like the studio was on my block for like a month, and I would hang out by the bungalow and I would ask questions, and I was amazed with the whole process of movie making. I remember a casting director coming over to my mother at the end of it and handing her his business card, and he said, "You know, I can help your son." You know, why don't you give me a call? And I remember my mother never called the man. And I begged her and I told her, mom, mom, call him, call him, call him. But she never called him. And, you know, as a little boy, I created meaning behind that. Like my mother doesn't believe in me and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the reality now I go back, the reality, my mother's a beautiful woman. And, you know, this casting director really wasn't interested in me. He kind of was interested more in my mother. And, you know, she was a streetwise Brooklyn mother, you know, and she knew that. So, you know, she didn't call him. But as a kid, you know, a 10-year-old kid, 11-year-old kid, you know, I did not know that. I just brought meaning to it. Like, my mother doesn't believe in me. So, you know, my whole life, I knew I wanted to be an actor. You know, shortly after that, they were filming a movie in my neighborhood called Saturday Night Fever. And I remember staying out till four in the morning watching John Travolta do this scene where, you know, the car crashes in through a Barracuda club and there was a stunt and the guy's dragged from a car and, you know, there's fight scenes. And it was just amazing to me. And I remember John Travolta coming out of his trailer and all the girls screaming. And it was just, you know, I got his autograph and I was like, I want to do that. 
you know, I knew I wanted to be an actor, you know, and I was 12. And, you know, as I got older, you know, I knew I wanted to do it. But, you know, in school, I was involved in plays. And and then, you know, I kind of got into that little weird age in, you know, junior high school. I remember I I went to uh, St. Agatha's Catholic school. And I remember I was a new kid and I was kind of bullied. And there was a play going on there. And it was like the three wise men. And I wanted to be in the play. And, uh, you know, I didn't get cast. I pulled the curtain because I was the new kid. And, you know, at that time, I was like, okay, these people don't believe in me. I'm going to prove them wrong. So, you know, I just want to jump ahead to make a long story very, very short. You know, when I got to high school, I recreated myself. I was, you know, I had seen Rocky and I started working out and, you know, I was kind of running around with, you know, some of the wrong kids. And, you know, I didn't really have a father figure in the house. So kind of I was running in the streets and the streets, you know, I had some older guys in my neighborhood that I kind of looked up to. And I remember there was a guy who lived across the street from me. His name was Stephen Gucciardo. And Stephen Gucciardo was the positive influence in my life. Stephen was also cast in that film, Nunzio. Uh, He was also a, a local neighborhood guy, but he had ambitions to pursue acting. And he was studying at Lee Strasberg in New York. And you know, I mean, the guy was so cool. He had a white Mercedes that had a, his license plate was Gooch. And, and I was like, where are you going? He's always dressed up. And, you know, he was going into the city. He was going to acting class, you know, and I was always interested in, you know, where he was going and acting. And, you know, when I went to high school, I was a bit of a juvenile delinquent. I was kind of getting in trouble. I was in my rebellious teenage years. You know, I was literally running in the wrong crowd. A guidance counselor asked me, you know, they, they picked me up at a cutting. I had a paddy wagon at my school. My school was like a prison. You know, they literally had a paddy wagon that would drive around and scoop up truants. And I remember she scooped me. I got scooped up and I brought down to the dean's office and then to the guidance counselor. And I, you know, she said to me, what do you want to do? Mrs. McGuire, that was her name. She said, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I want to be an actor. So, you know, she kind of laughed and she said, well, you should go see Mr. Carucci downstairs. You know, he's, he's doing a play and, you know, you should go see him. So I went down to Mr. Carucci and, and I remember they were doing a play called Grease. And, you know, I was literally the kid with the leather jacket on running around the streets of Brooklyn. And you know, I went in there with my leather jacket and I read for the play and I got cast as the lead and to play Danny Zuko. I was so into the play that I literally started going to school again because, you know, one of the conditions was you have to go to class and you got to do your homework and stuff. So my friends were like, you know, they'd be pulling up in a stolen car and saying, jump in. And I'd be like, no, I got to go to rehearsals. And they were like, you fag, you know, they were calling me names and stuff like that. It was just not cool what I was doing. You know, the funny thing is, is, you know, when the play was sold out and, you know, girls were, you know, I got a lot of attention because I was Danny Zuko the next year. All those, you know, tough guys were in uh, West Side Story. They were like leading. They were in the Sharks. <laughs> you know, they were all, you know, they were it was now all of a sudden it was a cool thing. But at that point, I had already. I had left school. I knew I wanted to be an actor. I convinced Steven Gucciardo to take me to New York City. He brought me into the theater. He introduced me to a theater called the New Family Theater. He's pretty much saved my life. I was running around the streets. I had this, some guy I was looking up to. He, uh, let's just say he was bad news. I don't want to talk shit about him, but, you know, he thought he was a wise guy and I looked up to him. He was handsome. He, you know, had the double breasted suit, the diamond pinky rings, you know, he'd get us into clubs and, you know, we were doing his dirty work. Me and my crew of friends, you know, we were getting in trouble. We were earners. We were doing stuff. You know, he was kind of like a 
father figure to me. I mean, I was 16. He was 21. He was the coolest guy I knew. One day I was cutting out from school and I saw him on 86th Street in Brooklyn and he said, come on, take a walk. Long story short, he walked into a men's clothing store. He was shaking down businesses for protection money. The guy's son came out from behind the counter and pumped five bullets into his head, his back and his head. And I was there and I, a bullet went right over my head. And the guy I wanted to be die in front of me. And it changed my life forever. I knew I didn't want to go down that path anymore. I knew I had to get out of Brooklyn. I, I was in fear for my life. You know, I was running around in circles that I shouldn't have been in. And, you know, I never thought I'd live to 18. I, I never thought I'd make it out of Brooklyn. And, you know, I asked my neighborhood to take me to New York, and he did. And he took me to Lee Strasberg, and he introduced me to theater. And there was a theater group called the New Family Theater, and that's exactly what I found. I found a new family in the theater, and it was amazing. You know, I was involved with plays, and, you know, I would pull curtains. I'd run sound. I'd do whatever I had to do to be part of it. I was the youngest when I was 16. At that point, I had run away from home. I was, you know, kind of, you know, I was homeless for a while. I was living with girlfriends. I was, but I, I just knew I wanted to act. I knew I wanted to do this. You know, to make a very long story short, I started working at Lee, you know, Lee Strasberg. I was sweeping floors to take classes. I got so wrapped up into acting. You know, I got cast from one of my uh, directors at Lee Strasberg to my first play at the Actors Studio. And I was hooked. I knew my path. I knew I wanted to act and nothing was going to stop me. And when I was 18, I was at a racetrack. I won a couple hundred bucks. My friend said, what are you going to do with the money? I said, I'm going to Hollywood. And I remember I had a broken leg and I had a cast on. And I remember we snuck into Aqueduct and I literally climbed the wall to the racetrack with the cast. I, I think I had a broken hand too. I, I, Prior to that, you know, I was always getting into fights and getting into trouble. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to Hollywood. And my friends laughed at me. And I remember I even went up to my acting teacher in high school and I said, I want to be an actor. What advice do you have? And he said, forget about a kid. And literally that was his advice. Forget about a kid. So again, someone didn't believe in me. So, you know, I was going to prove everybody wrong. And I took that 200 bucks and I bought myself a one-way ticket to Hollywood. I didn't know a soul out there and I came out there and the rest is history. I've been a working actor ever since. You know, I landed my first audition, got my SAG card on my first audition. Within a year, I had my own TV series. So I'm living proof that your past does not equal your future. I'm living proof that anyone can achieve the dream if you go after it. This dream was given to you if you know, it's in your heart, then you can achieve it. You, you just have to go after it like you mean it and give it everything you have. You know, I believe that, you know, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boat. And I did not have a boat. There was no boat back. There was no return trip back. There was no money. Failure was not an option. I was going to succeed no matter what. I was hungry. I was passionate. I was unstoppable. You know, I remember going to Warner Brothers and showing up to the studio and the guard at the studio stopped me and said, sorry, kid, you can't come in. And I walked around the corner and I climbed the wall with the bob wire and I jumped onto the lot and I walked up to some streets, New York City streets, and they were in the middle of filming a movie. The film was called Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon and I walked up to Kevin and I introduced myself and Paul Rodriguez and the other actors in the film. And nobody knew I had just jumped over the lot. 
And I hung out all day and watched them film and I made friends. And, you know, so I wasn't about to be stopped. So I truly believe that if you want it and you go after it with a vengeance, you can make that dream a reality. So this is why I've created the Hollywood Dreammaker podcast. You know, six years ago, I opened up my own school. And, you know, I'm going to tell you a brief story. I was going through a lot at that time. You know, I had lost my 11-year-old niece to brain cancer. And I lost my stepfather to prostate cancer. And my wife and I had a miscarriage. And my dog ran out and got hit by a car and died. And then my wife got diagnosed with breast cancer. And that happened in a one-year period for me. So I was getting bombarded. And it was shit. Excuse my friends, but it was truly shit for me. And, you know, now that I look back on that, you know, and I look back what's going on right now in the world, I realized something. And this is what I want to give to you right now is, you know, I didn't realize it, but when I was in the shit of cancer, that that was a gift, that I planted seeds in the shit of cancer. I planted seeds and I planted the seeds of the Manhattan Actors Studio. And at the time, I got this calling saying I should open up a studio. Now, I also had a torn rotator cuff. I was in a sling for six months. I wasn't working. I was out of work. I was, I couldn't exercise. I had all of this stuff going on in my life, but I planted seeds in that shit. And a beautiful thing came out of it, the Manhattan Actors Studio, where I get, I found my true passion it's about teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of acting, about helping other actors achieve their dreams. You know, I wish there was somebody like me when I was 18 and I had this dream that I could go to that could point me in a direction and tell me, you know, what's the right path? Stay away from this photographer. Stay away from that scam. You know, I had to make the mistakes. And I believe success leaves clues. And my goal is to help other people get their dream faster so they don't have to make the mistakes. So that's why I created this podcast. And now my goal for this podcast is to bring on people that are in the industry, you know, actors, writers, producers, directors, casting directors. You know, I've been blessed. I've been in Academy Award winning films, blockbuster films, hit TV series. I've, I know a lot of people in the industry and I want to bring those people to you so you get golden nuggets that you can take and you can apply them to your career to get to where you want to go faster. And, you know, I truly believe that you can do this. If this is in your heart, you have to go after it. You have to go after it like you mean it. I know people that, you know, they had the dream and they didn't go after it or they gave up too quick and, you know, they regret that. You don't want to go to your deathbed having those regrets. If it's in you, it's in you. It's never too late. You go after your dream and you make that a reality. I know for me that everything I've ever wanted in my life I've had to put the seeds into my brain. I had to visualize it. I had to believe that it's possible. And then I had to take massive action. So just like I planted the seeds of, you know, the Manhattan Actors Studio and the shit of cancer, in the shit right now of the coronavirus, I'm planting seeds and they're already come to fruition. This is one of them, the Hollywood Dreammaker podcast. You know, this is something that I've wanted to do for a while. And I've taken this opportunity now in the midst of all of the craziness that's going on in the world with this virus to make this a reality. So I'm truly blessed and I'm grateful for what's going on in the world. And I just want to be of service. I just want to, you know, what lights me up is to make a difference. And, you know, when an actor calls me up and tells me, hey, I booked that job or, you know, I got my SAG card or, you know, you know, and that happens on a daily basis for me. It's so 
rewarding. You know, life to me is about being of service. You know, I've been blessed. I've had the career. I had the success. And, you know, you got to be careful because, you know, I had the fame and I had the success and I was, you know, I was like, is this it? You know, I mean, I remember when I was in New York City producing a film and I was the star of the film and I was the producer and I had the, all the material stuff, I had the loft, I had all this title and stuff like that. And I remember being in this big ass loft and going to myself, is this it? You know, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And for me, I didn't like fame. It was uncomfortable. So be careful what you wish for. Make sure you're doing this because you're passionate and you love it. And, you know, it's a job. You have to go out there and you have to work hard. Fame, you know, success is a part of it, but you can't go after this just because you want to be famous. If you're going after it for that, stay home. You're wasting your time. If you go after it because you're passionate about it and you're going after it because this is what you have to do, this is your calling, then you go after it and you will be successful. You know, you just don't quit. You go after it with everything you have. So that's why I've created a Hollywood Dream Maker podcast because I want to assist you. I want to help you. I want to guide you to get to where you want to go faster. Don't let anybody ever tell you that it can't be done because I'm living proof that it can be done. You know, and some of my guests, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, have some guests coming on board. You know, I have Academy Award winning director, writer, you know, I have stunt coordinators, second unit directors, producers, writers, you know, industry professionals that have been in the game, actors, managers, you know, just people that are going to give you insights to help you get to where you want to go faster. So I really thank you for taking the time to listening to this podcast. I really hope that you rate, you subscribe, you follow, you share it with your friends because, you know, truly for me, it's all about being of service and this is my passion, helping you get to where you want to go faster. I believe that you can make this dream a reality. Go after it with all of your heart, your passion, your soul and go have some fun because, you know, that's what it is. It's fun. You know, acting is fun and, you know, that's the key. You got to have fun. Have fun in your auditions. Have fun preparing it. You get to become another person, another character. You know, it's all fun. Keep it fun. You know, I know a lot of actors that had amazing careers and they stopped working because they stopped having fun. It became a job. So, you know, the goal is to keep it fun, keep playing, and go after your dreams with a vengeance. I believe in you and you have nothing to acquire. It's all within you. You just have to light it on fire. Take some time, take care of yourself, stay healthy, God bless, and I look forward to talking to you in the next podcast. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends, subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.